Today's episode of Podcast by Committee is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is a leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Welcome to Podcast by Committee, the greatest show on earth. Uh, I am Nada Dufino, your host. And uh, as you know, we rotate in some of our, our best fantasy minds here. We've had Michael Salfino. Uh, this week, very exciting one. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. What's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Nando? What's going on with you? What's up to everybody out there in the athletic.com podcast nation? Mike, what's good with you, big dog? I'm feeling I'm good, man. No, I'm here. Beller, I'm Beller here. hangs in the background. I do hang in the background, but if I get addressed, oh. I can pop in and uh, and say what's up, Corey. We're happy to have you. Oh, okay. When you said podcast by committee, I thought that meant it was three because there's no such thing as a two person committee, as our buddy the King Scott Engel would always say. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Let's have Beller be part of the show. Beller, you're part of the show today. Oh wow, this is exciting. The committee part is that we cycle in new people every week. That's what the committee is. You're the committee with Salfino and Modica. Uh, that's the committee, and our beat writers on Tuesdays. That's where the committee factors in. Okay, I got it now. Cool. But I can hang out. I can I can jump in every now and again. All right, cool. Beller's in. Uh, Corey also hosts the walkthrough. Which so if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this on iTunes. I would assume maybe on the site. So the walkthrough is so good, it's premium. We don't put it on iTunes. It's Corey, who's the fantasy executive, as you know. Matt Medica, who just just missed uh, six figures in winnings for high-stakes baseball this year. and Actually, some might say football he's better at. Uh, and Chris Vaccaro, who's a high-stakes Hall of Famer. I think he was one of the first people to be inducted into the NFFC Hall of Fame. So, Corey, that's, like a, that's a show with like a lot. You know, oh, we're a great show. It's great. It's fun. It's entertaining. And you know how to needle Vaccaro. But, like, that show has, like, a lot of winnings behind it. Not, like, fake DFS winnings, like, real season-long high-stakes winnings. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, real real plus EV right there. So, definitely, um, you know, you got to be a, a subscriber to theathletic.com to uh, hop on there and, and catch the podcast on Saturdays uh, to walk through. But me, Chris, and uh, Matt, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, we're no strangers to each other. We've done it again before. So, I, I think it's very smart, very funny. Very entertaining fantasy football information. And listen, we've been putting out some winners, so uh, let's keep it going. I miss doing a show with Vaccaro. He's so easy to rile up. He's so he easy really just is. to poke. It's, it's the oh, best. He really is. You know, and I congratulated Medica on his winnings. Yeah, I was like, oh, you were, you had a team with him too, right, Chris? He was like, yeah, I was in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Hey, Chris, uh, weight uh, loss looks good, though, man. No, Chris Vaccaro went like boot camp. Like boot camp. Yeah. And then he stopped boot camp, and now he's just, like, eating better. Ah, good. Well, good for him. He's looking like a regular George Clooney over there. You know, he went to Vegas. He got tan. Like, yeah, I saw him oh, right when he got this. back from Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Little Johnny Svelte. Maybe he's going to be on The Bachelor. Who knows? Maybe that's what he's been – this is the whole thing that he's been working toward 
He seems like the kind of guy whose lifelong dream has been to be on The Bachelor. I can definitely see Vaccaro on The Bachelor. I can see Vaccaro on pretty much every reality TV show ever made. Like, I could see him on the Jersey Shore. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? I could see him on Real Housewives of New Jersey. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Um, I could see him on the costumes, the masked singer. Oh, good one yeah. right there. Good one also. We have seen more loving hip hop Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, that was the next one. That was the next one I was going to say. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, Nando. Good times. I miss it. All right, let's get into football. Football. Uh, oh, you know, I, I got to like, set a rundown, but I don't want to, you don't want to start with because I've been reading a lot this morning. I was jammed on the bus forever going through Twitter, and a lot of people are talking about Corey Davis this week. And since he's your namesake, I think that's a good place to start. Like, is Corey Davis going to be fool's gold, or is this going to be like, oh, Ryan Tannehill, Corey Davis, blah, blah, blah? We're, not, we're, we're talking up Corey Davis because Ryan Tannehill is playing this week. So that goes to show you what our expectations of Corey Davis have become. This is a guy, all the talent in the world, but he's been in a bad offense. Mariota not been able to get the job done. I don't think why people would see that. Um, oh boy, is going to do much better. Yeah, the Chargers are banged up and stuff like that. It's a home game for the Titans. But this Titans team is about pound the rock, kill the clock, play defense. And I think they'll do that successfully this week. Um, but they'll do it successfully without Corey Davis being a major factor. If you're looking for a four for 44, sure. Yeah, all right. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you want a little bit more than yeah. that. He hasn't been, the, you know, we've seen the brown kid flash a little bit at times. And then Delaney Walker is probably the mainstay in the passing game even as he gets elder, you know, as longer in the tooth. But it, the, the Corey Davis thing, it's almost like the big Mike Will thing on the other side with the Chargers. It's like these two super talented young wide receivers that can't seem out, figure out a way to become and remain fantasy relevant for us. You love Mike. Mike Williams has been your has been a Corey Parson favorite for a long big time. Big Mike man. Will, he's a Des Bryant clone, and you know, he's just not getting it done. It's weird. I don't get it. I thought the Chargers would be fine. Like the charge, you know, like the Chargers didn't change coordinators. They got the same system, the same coach, the same whatever, all the same pieces. And they're just something's weird going on there, man. Like they, the loss of Tyrell Williams can't be that serious for the Chargers' offense. I just can't see that. I think it was a lot. Um, it's probably a lot. They probably were over. They probably overachieved last year. Now, one thing about the Chargers, don't get me wrong, the Chargers are a team that gets better as the season moves on. But the but the Melvin Gordon holdout you know, a couple of nasty losses to start the season. Um, no home field advantage. It's just in shambles right now. Can they turn it around and push for a playoff spot in the West? Yeah, they probably will. When they started this week, I could see that happening. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, this team is is put together poorly and Anthony Lynn may be on the hot seat. That'd be sad. Uh, let me, let me <laughs> segue this. You're right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, would you trade right now? So a couple of weeks ago, you said drop Stefan Diggs. And yeah. then he had these big games. Um, uh-huh. But I actually liked it. I thought it was bold. And I knew exactly what you were saying. You're like, because this is exactly how it played out. Like, he had these two big games. And now he's going to go back this week to, like, two for 16. And it's going to drive everybody crazy. Yep. Um is actually saying there's a buy window. But let, let me just juxtapose these two things on top of each other. If you're a Stefan Diggs, though, let's say you didn't listen to Corey and you held on to Stefan Diggs. Would you trade him away right now for Austin Eckler in, like, a .5 PPR? Is that a, is that a deal that you do? Depending on my running back situation looks like, if I could use that RB2 or that flex option, yeah, I probably would because at least with Eckler, I know his work is going to be consistent. So you last week was a no, it was a home run call for Diggs, right? And yeah. he came through on the home run call. 
the way fantasy and NFL works, people are saying it's safe to go back this week. They're going on the road versus the Detroit Lions. One thing about Kirk Cousins is this. Diggs is not the problem. The problem is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins can beat Philadelphia at home and look great. Kirk Cousins can beat uh, Seattle at home and look great. The problem with Kirk Cousins is when he plays the Lions, the Packers, and the Bears. Those are the teams they brought him there to beat, and those are the teams he struggles against. Minnesota loses game to the Lions this week, and Stephon Diggs would be like three for th- three, three, three for twenty-three. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's my thing is I'm not going to have these mental battles every Sunday morning with what I should do with Steph Diggs in my lineup. I'll cut him and let him be somebody else's problem. Beller, where are you that's on this right. Eckler Diggs thing? I, I'm not going to cut Steph Diggs, uh, but I do think that uh, the, the cell window is open now. And I agree with Corey that it is a it's a Kirk Cousins driven thing. It's not a Steph Diggs thing. I would love to see him as a true number one with a quarterback who can take advantage of uh, of Diggs' strengths. That's just not Kirk Cousins. And that's really not what Minnesota wants to do, right? I mean, there's a big difference in torching the Giants and torching Philadelphia, especially banged up Philadelphia, as Cousins did last week versus a lot of other teams in the league. Uh, we knew that Cousins was going going to be a good play in those spots and he came through for it so uh, if I could get better than like wide receiver three value for Diggs, I would make that move but otherwise I'm probably holding on to him I still think because of his t- overriding talent there's a lot of goodness to be had from him the rest of the season as long as that's what you're thinking if you're thinking wide receiver 30 or so and I'm happy then I think you'll be fine with having Diggs on your team Corey I know you uh you write the beat writer roundup that we do every week we call it inside info and you asked uh Chad Graff who writes for the Vikings the questions about the Vikings going back to run heavy um, I don't know if you peeked at the answer or not, but he's like, yeah, probably like the Vikings want a balanced offense. Um, the Eagles loaded the box last week and dared the Vikings to pass on them. And then here's the direct quote. After seeing the video of that game, the guess here is the Lions will respect the passing game a bit more and Cook could be in for another 100 yard game because you posed yeah. the question about the, the Dalvin Cook and the Vikings going back to run heaviness. So, I mean, I, kinda, I get what Medica is saying, like there's a buy opportunity here. I think just based on how everyone is saying like, you can't sell digs. Like no one, no one's going to give you anything for him. And that kind of flips it around. Like, yeah. So if you even just offer anything of like slight value, it's a buy opportunity because you're still getting this, this guy with the, the, the ability to throw a couple hundred yard games up. Um, but man, that's what you have. Um, I just don't want to be the guy in that spot every week. I think this, the buy opportunity is, is, is probably going to close before, before game time on Sunday, because at that point, it's going to be another poor performance this week. It's going to be run heavy. It's going to be Dalvin Cook. It's going to be a Lions victory. And Kirk Cousins is going to look terrible this week. I don't know. I think it's a mental thing. You know, you, the, the wins against Philadelphia and the Giants, they don't mean nothing. You And this, in the NFC North, which is probably the best division in football, you have to beat the Lions, the Bears, and the Packers, and he doesn't do it. It's so weird. Emery, Emery wrote that. He wrote a whole thing on Stephen Diggs, and it was uh, it was like Kirk Cousins is the issue. Yeah. Cousins plays it safe, and he compared him to all these other quarterbacks who kind of play it safe and don't go for it, and that's what's hurting Diggs. It was good. It was a good article. Emery does good stuff. Emery does. Oh, dude, Emery's got something today. Like after the show, I got to go do like maybe a two-hour edit. Um, Emery just handed in like the biggest recap and most thorough thing I've ever seen of the XFL draft. <laughs> it's, and it's not even like if you like the XFL, check it out. <laughs> Right? Is that the most Emory oh, thing you've man. ever heard of? Hey, you know, I got to give my man Emory props, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody scouts Arkansas Pine Bluff like my man Emory Hunt. Right? 
But look, dude, he was Tariq Cohen like three years ago. It was like, you look out for this guy. Was it three years ago? Maybe yeah. it's more than oh, that. Oh, that was the, when yeah, his, his, his rookie season, which probably was three years ago now. Uh, he hit that one. Now, Emory, you know, Emory, he scouts these guys, especially these small college guys, and, and he can hit them and um, when, they, when they come to the league and stuff like that. So it's very good uh, dynasty information. Emory's going to make, like, whatever the XFL game, like FanDuel or DraftKings, Emory's going to make a lot of money playing DFS XFL. A lot. Because he knows these guys. DFS guy, though. It doesn't matter. Like, it just he he has so much information and knows these players so well that he could just like co- just come in and drop like a lineup and win. I think it's going to be assume. good times. I, I I look forward to seeing that article. Me too. Uh, Chris Vaccaro, but bringing him back into the mix, uh, submitted his article today, and he talked about how all three Rams wide receivers could be. He's like, this might sound crazy, but I think they could all be wide receiver one. Um, and he's really he's sweating Cooper Cup pretty hard. Uh, as, and I think he actually said something like Cooper Cup could be the number one overall wide receiver this week. I find it hard to put someone ahead of him. Um, I find that a little crazy. It's it's almost like the Cousins situation where I just don't like golf. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I think like putting Cooks, Cup, and uh, Robert Woods as your as three wide receiver ones is a bit much. If Jared Goff, it's because they're playing Atlanta, but like I get it. But I mean, right? Or am I am I the crazy one? No, no, you're not the crazy one. It's, it's it's Chris makes a good point with this with this right here because the the Falcons' problem is is they suck defensively. Yeah, and Dan Quinn is a defensive specialist. Yeah, that looks so special about these defenses now. Um, so it'll be a whole new staff in Atlanta next year because this is a sugar honey iced tea show. With that being said, um, I think the Rams put up good numbers this week. Obviously, Cup is the mainstay. He's the leader. He's the guy that you want to have. The other two wide receivers have been inconsistent. But Chris is talking about this should be shootout type uh, stuff right here. I see both teams scoring over 30-plus points this week. I think the Falcons get the victory. Um, I think they win straight up. I think Atlanta gets the victory straight up. And I think it's going to come down to golf making a mistake at the end. But I think he will steer the ship good enough to have everybody in uh, with, with, with uh, maybe not wide receiver ones, but you wouldn't – all three of them should be played – all three of them should finish in the top 25, Cup being the one with the most upside. Um, and kind of everything else about this game is just Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, who has been amazing and, and, and a member of the preseason all-fantasy executive team. Um, yes. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to <laughs> Austin Hooper for making me look like I know what I'm talking about. But listen, hey, Maddie Ice is terrible in Atlanta. It, it, it stinks. If you're a Falcon fan, this has been terrible for you this year. If you are a Matt Ryan owner in fantasy, it's like, all right, keep it going. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, right. yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fall behind by, by by 17 points to the Cardinals and then come back and just lose the game. Matt Ryan is throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns every single week. It's crazy, right? It's crazy, crazy, right? Yeah. I don't think anyone – like, even if you liked Matt Ryan a little bit coming back from last year when, you know, he kind of re-broke out, I don't think you could have imagined that he'd be getting all these points this way. Dirk Carter, don't, Dirk Carter does not run the football. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I don't know, man. Weren't you the one who was, like, talking about golf and the headphone issue? Wasn't that one of your articles this preseason, like, when it when they changed – when someone picked up on, like, McVay can't talk to golf, you, you know, when they cut off the, the headset yeah. into the helmet? Was That, that so was you, right? The, the, yeah, that was me. The last 15 seconds, when the coach can't talk to him, defenses changed the coverage then. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's, a, he's a deer in headlights. He is a, and that's he's it. always been a project system quarterback who was coached up very well, but he's been exposed now. 
And the Rams, listen, this is what we're going to start seeing, especially Jerry Goff is the perfect example. Dak Prescott, uh, I'm still on the fence with, but it's different with me and Dak Prescott because I'm a fan, so I judge him differently. Yeah. But when they had Jared Goff on this rookie deal, they should have kept him on this rookie deal. When it comes time to re-up him, let him walk and bring in another quarterback and put him on a rookie deal. Just keep recycling these quarterbacks on rookie deals and coaching them up. Jared Goff is not a franchise quarterback, but he's making franchise money, and he's going to hamstring the Rams. Yeah, you might be right. Um, well, maybe it's Blake Bortles' time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, McVay will coach him up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, let's go let's play some games. Uh, some old-fashioned over-unders and percent chance of. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, named the starter in Miami. Um, I don't know if there's any hope here. Uh, let's bring Beller in for this one. Beller. I got an over-under for you. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 275-yard games rest of the season. I'm going to put the over-under at 3.5. I think you have to go under. Who knows when they go back to Josh Rosen. This is a bad team. I do think there's a little bit of uh, pass-catching talent here. And as uh, a person who is in a super flex league being forced to play either Fitzpatrick or Rosen this week, I admit I was really pulling for Fitzpatrick to be the starter. Uh, But who knows how many starts he gets the rest of the season, let alone good games he gets the rest of the season. So I'll go under. Corey, I mean, can you go back to Josh Rosen at this point? It's the Miami Dolphins. It, it, it doesn't make a difference what they do right now. Nobody's going to be there next year. Uh, I feel bad for – I don't know if I feel bad for Brian Flores. He'll be all right. But, um, you know, he, he walked into this situation right here. He took a job. They pulled the rug up underneath him. Um, This is everybody has bad tape. I don't think they really have a, 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 a guess at what they're doing here. I think you're looking at this situation in Buffalo – as a game that's a road environment, a hostile environment, it's probably best to play Fitzpatrick here. I think we'll continue to see quarterback musical chairs. I would go under. I see. I'm, I'm kind of bullish on him, man. I, I think he's just going to air it out. Like he's like, okay, I don't care, man. This is a crappy Miami team. What am I playing for right now? Let's, I'm going to chuck it as far as I can and hope Devontae Parker can get under it. And that's the thing. It's only it's only one person semi talented enough for the chucking to work. When he was chucking last year in Tampa. He was chucking the to um you know the Mike Evans and Godwin yeah. when he was chucking with the Jets it was Brandon Marshall and Robbie Anderson now it's like you you know when doing the beat writer joint Nando every week I'm like well what do I ask this Dolphin guy because yeah, oh, there's yeah. no there's no fantasy goodness period yeah uh, questions are like do you, is anybody going to get traded you know what I'm saying <laughs> like <laughs> and what sucks is he gives the best answers he gives like three paragraph answers yeah Chris Perkins he's amazing. Um, well, actually, let me bring it to the next question then. Percent chance that Mark Walton is Miami's leading rusher from week seven forward? Because you asked about Mark Walton a couple weeks ago, and Walton wasn't even on my radar yet. And I'm reading, I'm reading this. I'm like, should I check out Mark Walton? And Perkins was like, yeah, he's actually probably like the guy with the best rushing average, this and that. So, what's the percent Walton is a leading rusher from week seven forward? I think it's a good chance. I think it's over fifty percent that he is that he will be that guy. Because one thing with you see some of the other players that are there, they're like, man, this stinks. So it's no motivation. With Walton, you can kind of see a, he wants to play. You know what I'm saying? And to him, it's not a team that's tanking. To him, it's an opportunity. So I, I I think, you know what I'm saying, he runs like that. Tough matchup this week. But I can see him having some spots moving forward. Uh, but really, you know, it's going to have to be some pass catching involved to make him, um, you know, anything that you would want to throw in your lineup in week 14. I remember, like, it was, there was some, like, little degree of optimism early on. We're like, oh, Preston Williams could be all right. You know, imagine if Kenny if Kenny Stills was still on this team, it might be a different story. 
but uh he's yeah, not. It wasn't he wasn't good for the that wasn't a good for their for their business anymore. <laughs> no, no man. Feller, <laughs> Feller, you a Mark Walton guy? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Mark Walton ends up being the leading rusher there. I put that at a pretty good chance. I would say somewhere in the 70% range. Um, I think they find a trade partner for Kenyon Drake eventually. Man, that's Kenyon Drake. That's the thing about Drake is, Mike, and and I agree with you on that. If I'm a Drake owner, I'm like just just crossing my fingers. If I I own Drake, OJ Howard, and um, AJ Green, I'm just like, stand pat, something's going to happen. At least we hope. Yeah, I think definitely with Drake. Um, I, I'm actually I, this morning. Uh, I was I've been poking around my leagues looking for the Drake owners to see if I can acquire him on the cheap because we know with this from what this team did in the off season, right? They're open for business. I mean, they've been open for business since June, uh, and, and I don't think that closes over the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline. And Kenyon Drake can help a, a team uh, that is a, a contender. So I think they ultimately do find a partner for him, and that we see him in a different uniform by November first. How about you're the Stephen Diggs owner? And say the Kenyon Drake owner also has OJ Howard. Would you trade away Diggs for those two? Let's say you're, zero, uh, zero three percent. Three. Zero percent. Is that no? is this a percent chance thing? Because I'll say zero percent on that. Corey, you wouldn't. Do, I mean, that seems like a Corey move if you're going to drop him anyway, right? You're talking about Steph Diggs trading him in fantasy and bring back Howard and and Drake. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. I would take the two for one. Yeah, OJ, dude, I, I'm OJ Howard owner. I mean, and it's I, a, I just want to drop him everywhere. Did. I'm sorry, Nando, for cutting you off. It depends on what your record is and kind of like what kind of roster real estate you have. If you can afford to say, okay, these guys might get traded. If they don't, then it doesn't hurt you. Then I go for it. But if you need them to get traded to put them in your lineup, like my auction team, I need A.J. Green to get traded. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, you know, it is what it is. That sucks. This is a weird year. It's a weird year. Like I've never, I've never seen fantasy football people, like players in general, uh, anticipate the trade deadline like this. Like there's, uh, you know, usually, like last year we weren't like, oh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey has to get traded, um, or Golden Tate has to get traded. But like this year, it's it's just kind of like all these players people think are going to get traded. People never used to trade at the deadline in football, like in real football. Not, it's weird. It's, it's, it's and you're going to see uh, much more, uh, much more of it start to take places as we are in the era of player empowerment. And, you know, you, you just saw it with Jalen Ramsey, who just faked an injury to the yeah. trade him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all right, well, I'm not going to play. And, and, yeah. and listen, and, and, work, and worked out very good for, um, uh, for the Jaguars because they got a good haul back and, and Ramsey someplace where he's happy. And if I'm Ramsey now, I'm like, you know, when I get to L.A. and they hand me a uniform, I'm going to be like, hand me a contract or else my back still hurts. So when you have the players carrying it like this, I think you'll see more and more of it. If OJ Howard was to say right now, I'm not suiting up for the rest of the season unless they trade me, they would have no choice but to trade him. Or just let him sit out and save money. And you got Cameron Bray. Well, it's not like OJ Howard's an intrinsic part of this. Well, I mean, yeah, he's faking I mean, an injury, you, yeah. yeah, can you, 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 can't, yeah you, you, you would have to fake an injury. You can't decide you're holding out uh, in October, right? You can't start your holdout in October. It's probably a little bit too late. <laughs> uh, Corey, uh, I want to get back to the beat writer stuff you do because Mark Caballi, um had interesting thing in there about uh, Steelers offense not the same without Roethlisberger, um, which I mean, I guess it's obvious, but he, he said something in there. Hold on, I got to pull it up about how he said, like, I want to get the right quote because he said something about Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm like, oh, and he's been right about a lot of stuff. Like he, he was on Jalen Samuels before Jalen Samuels kind of started to break out. 
Um, with Mason Rudolph returning to the starting role after the bye, it'll give the Steelers a little more hope offensively than having Duck Hodges as a quarterback. Um, now, if there's one player that still has potential to put up decent fantasy numbers, it is James Conner, and we saw that Sunday night against the Chargers. But that's even stretching it. Other than that, pass on everybody, even Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, that it's, sucks, it's, right? It's, if you're it's, it's, you know, it does one. suck. It does suck, and it's going to be tough for Smith-Schuster, even with Mason Rudolph. Like, you know, you when you have a backup quarterback, people say, oh, the backups are playing well. Yeah, well, because they're making the game easier for the backups. You know what I'm saying? We saw what, what they did with Nick Foles in, in Philadelphia, and they won a Super Bowl run. It's because they catered to Nick Foles. So now we're seeing these offenses cater to backup quarterbacks. And Rudolph is not a – you can't give Rudolph the playbook that Ben Roethlisberger has. So we're going to have to go into next season with it. Um, I think if, if you're in a keeper or dynasty league, you hold on and you see what happens. I don't know how, how – if I'd be confident in Roethlisberger being back next year or playing 16 games next season. But I think they can get the backups up to speed on what they really like to do. Smith Schuster is a very talented player, their top guy, uh, more than likely. So it's going to be struggles this season. And with the Steelers, as long as they're winning football games, they'll be fine. Smith Schuster is not Antonio Brown. He's not going to blow up in the locker room behind it. He's just going to go down there and try to continue to win football games. But um, if I'm a Smith Schuster owner, at least come draft time next year, you'll get him at a discount. You know, I want to ask you, like what you just said about how Smith Schuster isn't Antonio Brown. Um, is this weird? I mean, like, the, I think the question coming into the season when Roethlisberger was healthy was, can Smith Schuster be a number one? And I don't know if he's figured, like, I don't know if, we, like, it's like we got a whole pass on this season. We got to wait until next season now to figure it out because the quarterback situation is so weird, right? Like, can, you I mean, can't you can't go into next year being like, yeah, he's a good number one, right? Pittsburgh is weird. You yeah. know, it, 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 this, the Pittsburgh thing was weird from the time Le'Veon Bell just left. I mean, they've had other issues in that locker room uh, with Roethlisberger and some of the players and stuff like that. The A-B quitting at the end of the year. And Mike Tomlin just figured out a way to, um, you know, to, to, to last through all of this. I don't think he lasts through this season, though. I think we see an entirely new regime in Pittsburgh coming up. As far as Smith Schuster being a one goes, I mean, he's still a young wide receiver. I, I, I think it's still plenty of time for him to develop. You know what? Like, when you think about it, if Pittsburgh – a year and a half ago, well, maybe two. Well, geez, maybe more than two years ago at this point. But Pittsburgh, what they've gone through uh, from the Pittsburgh that we knew, the, you, you lose Antonio Brown for you know, just gone. Le'Veon Bell gone. Arguably your best defensive player, Ryan Shazier, injured and out. You know, for, for forced to retire. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger's out now. Like from what it was, you know, from two years ago, I think, or maybe three years. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. This, just like the sudden huge downturn that team took kind of on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, the Shazier thing was, you know, a freak accident and now the terrible tragedy right there, but it's good to see him up and walking now. I think yeah, he still is. has hopes of playing football, but, um, you know, that's, um, you know, I, I you know, that's good for a, a good dream for him to have uh, to get back out there. This kid, Devin Bush though is real good. And he's going to be uh, the leader of that defense for the future. Listen, they got pieces in Connor and Smith Schuster moving forward, but now it gets to the tough part where, you know, you can't, bring in all of these new players and still have Ben and Mike Tomlin there. It's like, right. I, I I think, I, I think, um, you know, I think Mike Tomlin's reign there is coming to an end. He'll get a job very quickly. I think we'll see Ben Roethlisberger in not the lineup over the course of the next couple of years as he is uh, starting to get on the other side of the hill. But um, it was a good run. But if I, if, if I was Mike Tomlin, I would have pulled Ben Roethlisberger aside a couple of years ago and be like, listen, you got to stop this because you're driving the rest of the team away. It's interesting. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's bring back in Beller. 
Bella, true or false, next week's number one waiver wire priority is going to be Duke Williams. Uh, he played in 78% of the Bills' snaps last week. I think he only got four receptions on four targets. Former CFL standout, Zay Jones is gone. Um, is this, I mean, is this someone who could have like his game, like the 10, 7, 101, one game this week? And everyone's like, oh, who's Duke Williams? Yeah. Uh, or, is, or am I getting too excited? I think you're getting a little too excited. I think he will be in the waiver mix. Number one waiver priority guy. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even mean burn your number one waiver priority if you're still in a league that uses priority instead of fab for some reason. I mean, just will he be at the top of our priority list? I don't think so. Right. Will he be um, the picture on Jake's column? Basically? No, I, I, I don't think he will be. Uh, you know, John Brown has been so consistent uh, for that team. At least five catches and 50 yards in every game. 75 plus yards in four of five games. This feels like a good spot for him. It feels like a great spot for Frank Gore. They should be getting Devin Singletary back. I think that Duke Williams is going to be part of our uh, discussion the rest of the season, certainly while we are dealing with these big-time bye weeks uh, the rest of the year. He's going to be a guy who uh, owners are happy to be able to turn to when they're without one of their regular starters, especially if you take a look at the Bills' schedule over the next you know five, six weeks. Uh, but I just don't think there's enough value in this passing game for him to really jump up in that big way. I mean, they've been winning football games, and they are a good real-life team, uh, but they've only scored more than 21 points one time this season. So this is not an offense to get super excited about, I think, outside of you know Josh Allen, and that's because of what he does with his legs, and Devin Singletary now that he's ready to come back from the hamstring injury. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, Corey. I don't know if you ever looked at the – like you look at the standings with the point four point against column, and like even the Titans have scored more points than the Bills. The Bengals have scored more points than the Bills. But like the Bills are sitting there four and one. They've only allowed 70 points, which is in the AFC at least, uh, second only to the Patriots. Um, I don't know, man. It seems like you get Singletary back. They got rid of Zay Jones, who might have been just like, you know, jamming up their whole good feeling vibe. I don't know. Um, and you replace him with this Duke Johnson, who is a CFL guy. Beautiful story. Um, Duke Williams. That's what I'm sorry. Duke Williams. Thank you. Uh, no I mean, isn't there something there, right? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it, it, it's not enough. It's not first. Allen's a college quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He runs a college. Uh, he runs the offense like a college quarterback. He just finds a way to get to the sticks. Doesn't make a difference who the receiver is. That's why you see him target Cole Beasley. And we saw Singletary in that first game get a lot of targets because and tight ends also. He's going to throw it to the receivers that run the more friendly, uh, uh, quarterback friendly routes. Um, not not all that accurate. He makes a lot of mistakes. What I would say, but he's he's winning football games, so that's all they care about uh, up there. What I would say is this: I, where, whatever happened to our man from last year, Bob Foster? Yeah, right. Well, he came in hurt because I, I had him as like one of my deep sleepers, and he came in hurt, and then he just kind of disappeared. So super maybe deep threat. It is Duke Williams. I don't see him being the top waiver priority next week, but um, you know, I think he a dollar make you holler. There you go, Nando. I knew what you were trying to get at. (laughs) Thank you. I needed to hear it again. Oh, you know what? We're idiots, man. We should have done the uh, Halloween trick-or-treat special. Oh, we should have. Remember the fantasy food truck? Oh, great stuff, bro. Yeah. Oh, we should have done it, man. Oh, well. Maybe y'all have me back next week or something. I don't know. Yeah. Beller, I I don't know if you you were around for the the era um, on Sirius XM when we did uh, the fantasy food truck. Which is Corey's idea, which is awesome. It was uh, comparing players to food trucks. <laughs> I wasn't. We'll oh, have to you have know. you back on one of these uh, next couple of weeks. Corey, give us a food truck. Give give us an OJ Howard food truck. So it, it doesn't oh, work oh. that way because he he would give you the food truck and then you'd have to kind of assign the player to the food truck. Okay, OJ Howard lot. would be like street meat. You know what I'm saying? Not even a food truck, like street meat. Like that shish kebab smells so good. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially at, at 2.30 a.m. when you're drunk as a skunk. But if you eat that shish kebab, it's going to tear your stomach up the next morning. That's what O.J. Howard is. He's the street meat shish kebab. You know what I'm saying? It looks good. <laughs> it smells good. It's even going to taste good. But it's not good for you. And O.J. Howard is not good for – Listen, this is a guy that was going off the board in fifth, sixth rounds of drafts. And he's a zero right now. Yeah. I Dude, I'm like – I'm think, I, He's in the bye week right now. So I assume like I will drop him. I'm sorry, he's not in the bye week right now. Uh, the only reason I'm sorry, not Ricky, dropping him is because he could get traded. Yeah, but I don't like. I'm not in. Like, so basically, my point: Ricky Seals Jones on his bye week right now. So is so is OJ Howard. They have a bye this week. Yeah, right. So I don't yeah, know why I'm losing my mind on this. Uh, I think it's time to drop him, man. Like I like I think he's going to get dropped in a lot of leagues. And since I'm the owner of OJ Howard, pretty much everywhere, it's not like I'm looking at him in other leagues. So I don't know what it's like on the other side. Like if I wasn't the OJ Howard owner, would I be picking him up right now if I saw him get released? Or would I pick up Ricky Seals Jones? I think oh, I'd pick up Ricky Seals Jones. I, I well, that's interesting. I don't want to cut him before the trade deadline because he could end up in New England, and he would be amazing in New England because he's a hell of a ball player. And I saw this coming because Arians, remember Jermaine Gresham, super talented yeah. tight end. Yeah, Arians didn't use him. Yeah, he everybody didn't. was saying this year, um. OJ Howard is too t- is too talented, not for Andrews not to use him. Apparently not. You know what I'm saying? This offense is heavy, slot receiver and wide receiver one, with some throws to the running back. The tight end is a blocker, and that's not OJ Howard's a better player than that. OJ Howard's a top ten draft pick. If you needed to play RSJ this week, I would do it. Well, he's on bye too. That's the thing. Like they're both on. Oh bye. yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah, my bye. That's what it was. Calendar is off. That's why I got confused. Yo, I still think of Ricky Seals Jones as Arizona. It takes me a second to be like Cleveland. Right. Yeah, RSJ. That offense hasn't been that good either. No, I've noticed that in your writings. You're not a Baker Mayfield guy. I love Baker Mayfield, but Nando, the dude sits back there, pats the football at the first sign of trouble, runs out the spot, and throws the errant pass. He has to stand. He has to trust his offensive line, stand back there, and take those hits. He's not doing that. It's on him. You and I went in the flex league. Uh, Beller was the auctioneer. I think you stopped at 50 for Odell Beckham. I went to 51. It was something like that. There was somewhere in that that area. And it was just you and me for like the last four or five bids. Um, and man, like I, you know, I, I still don't think I regretted it. I like building my team for the second half of the season so I can make a run now. Like if I'm at two yeah. and four, three and three right now, I just like to plow everybody right now. Like I got Kareem Hunt on the bench in a couple of these and uh, Chris Herndon. Um but, like, I, th- I think he'll fix it. I feel okay that Odell Beckham Jr. could do, you know, from, from week seven onward, week eight onward, I guess. Um, We've seen him go like, crazy before. His rookie yeah, year. Yeah, top three, crazy. top four. Yep. Yeah. His rookie year, he went crazy down the stretch. It could happen again this year. Nano, I got him in some leagues that have heavy, 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 heavy entry fees. So I need Odell Beckham uh, and, and Baker Mayfield to get that thing rolling and get it together. You know what I will That's, tell you? I don't know what they're going to do with Kareem Hunt when he gets in the office, but you know what? The Chiefs miss Kareem Hunt. Yeah. But you know what else? Um, I remember uh, Zach Jackson did a show with him, did this this show with him in the preseason, and we asked him about Kareem Hunt, and he was he said something weird. It was something like, if Kareem Hunt's still on the team at that time, or yeah. something like that. It was, it was kind of vague, and it was kind of scary, like, oh. I didn't know that was possible. Like everyone's just assuming Kareem Hunt is going to be, you know, this guy who steps in and maybe takes away from Nick Chubb. 
he's on a different level. He's and this is like a very good in tune beat writer who's like, you know, Kareem Hunt's got some off field stuff going on, and like they might just might not be for them. You know, if he's on the team, then we'll see. Which I thought was interesting, and I wonder if that's still a shot. We haven't heard anything yet, and that day to put him back in your lineups is coming up soon. Um, but the thing about it is Chubb is not the problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Chubb yeah. is the problem. The problem is I. It, it's a combination of the O line, the play calling, and Mayfield. And the O line. I mean, they were so confident. I mean, that was part of the trade to the to the Giants, and it wasn't even the Beckham trade. They traded away their who their left tackle right to the Giants uh, for uh for what's his name the linebacker. Uh, Miles Garrett? No, no, no. Um, no, Jabril Peppers was a part of the Odell deal. I'm not sure. No, I can't remember now. But there was a trade like two weeks before the Odell deal between Cleveland and the Giants. I remember the Giants got like a left tackle or a nose guard or someone. I'm like, oh, great. It's gonna, Giants it was, are making a move to short it the was offensive Kevin, line. It was Kevin Zeitler for Olivier Vernon. That was it. Ah, it was a very trade. good. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sitting, everyone's sitting here talking about how crappy the, the Browns' offensive line is. And no one's like, oh, they traded a guy to the Giants. You know? Yeah, no, so. it's it, it, it's uh it's true. Um, the super team, the Browns. Listen, that AFC North is tough. It's physical. Is 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 going to come down to those last couple of weeks towards the end of the season. Clearly, Baltimore is the favorite right now. Um, you can't count out Pittsburgh, but um, I think the Browns can still fight back into it. I mean, Cincinnati's dead in the water. Bell, you remember you you were producing that show. You remember when Zach Jackson said something like weird about Kareem Hunt, right? Like that, no one had ever brought up. Like, is he going to even be around? Yeah, happens. yeah, I can't remember exactly what that was, but uh, I'm holding all Browns until we see what this uh, Trent Williams, if there's any fire to this smoke, because uh, that's the perfect guy for them to get right now. If he, if they get Trent Williams, that offense I think looks a whole lot different the second half of the season. And to solidify Baker Mayfield's blind side, it's, and that seems the way he has the problem at. But then the rush will come from up the, then then they'll start rushing him up the middle, and then he'll he may still run out the pocket. They got to get with him to get him to hang in the pocket. Let me tell you, it's, it's one thing to do to, to do commercials and, and get big money and have your jersey on everybody because you're the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. But at some point, you got to play quarterback. And Baker Mayfield is not playing quarterback right now. Would this be a different team if Gardner Minshew was their quarterback? Hey, my man, Gardner Minshew, last chance you. Minshew magic. Minshew hang in there, take those hits. Um but uh, I, I would say that Baker Mayfield is probably still more talented than Carson okay. Mayfield. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, let me, so uh, here's an interesting one that I was thinking of, and I got to pose as an over-under, but I want to flip it to percent chance. Bell, you take this one first. Uh, what's the percent chance of Joe Mixon is this year's Derrick Henry? Uh, close to zero, I think. Um, and uh, the over-under you had in there was uh, three and a half 100-yard uh, games the rest of the season. I'll take the under there. He has zero role in their passing game. That is an offensive line that is absolutely brutal uh, with all the injuries. And even coming into the year, we thought it was going to be not the greatest line. Then they lose Jonah Williams, the first-round pick. Uh, That is a terrible line. They can't get anything going on the ground. Their team is terrible also, so they're chasing regularly. And it's not like they can get Joe Mixon more involved in the passing game because he's just flat-out not the best receiving back on that team. That's still Gio Bernard. So uh, I was fading Joe Mixon hard all season long because I just think you almost never want to get yourself tied to a running back and a bad team. We knew Cincinnati was going to be bad. There is no turnaround. There's no on-the-fly fix for them. Uh, I want no piece of Joe Mixon uh, for the rest of the season, really, in any sort of fantasy context. Yeah, I don't. Really I, have, I, I, oh, sorry. I didn't ahead, draft him anywhere, Nando, and I and and I and I'm happy I didn't. And um, I think with the uh, Cordy Glenn is scheduled to return. Right. 
Right, you got an answer on that one in the beat writer roundup too. I'm not going to read it because I've closed that window like seven times now. No doubt. But, but, um, I, <laughs> but you I, I did get an answer scheduled, on that. I think he's scheduled to return, and I and I feel as I feel as if it can help the O line a little bit. But this is, team is always going to be playing from behind. I, it, it's it is a time for a a it's time for a new quarterback in um in Cincinnati. You think so? Yeah, yeah. It's nobody you can pin it on. The coaches is a first year head coach. You can't pin it on him. Dalton has been there uh, for a while now. And we're now we're, we're getting into a new era. We're going to see AJ Green leave. We're seeing Tyler Boyd step up to, to, to become the guy. Joe Mixon's a young piece they like a lot. They got some pieces on defense. Um, they're going to be this is this is a great quarterback class, and um, they're going to be a, they're going to be looking for a quarterback in the in the uh, in the draft. I tell you what, man. Like so, Zach Taylor, right? I read a couple stories about him. He's a part of the Sean McVay tree, like this genius offensive coach, firing yep. up the team. So, you know, you get like uh, once in a while, like DraftKings will give you the free $20 bet. Um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, let me do you know, 20 bucks on the Bengals to, to win the AFC, to win the AFC East. Um, I'm sorry, AFC North. And it was just, uh, I'm reg- I actually believed in this. And I thought I was like, so I went in and like dropped another, I think sprinkled like $5 here for them to finish first in the division. Five dollars here for them to make the playoffs. Like three dollars for them to do something else. Um, and I'm going back and reviewing it now. I'm like, how has this gone so 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 badly? I wish like, you called me. I'd have, I'd have told you the team to the contrarian division winner. Um, I my contrarian division winner coming into the season was the Detroit Lions. That's very impressive, really. And the thing about it is, yeah. And the thing about it is, they got robbed on Monday night. And like it was, they got robbed pretty bad on Monday night. Um, they're going to be in the mix. Listen, they have Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is is handing the football off. You know, don't get me wrong; he's still the best quarterback in that division. He's still deadly dangerous. But then you have Kirk Cousins and uh, Mitch Trubisky. I'm willing. I, I, Matt Matt Stafford. He's got a top weapon in Galladay. That defense is playing good. They don't make mistakes. I like the Lions. Man, like how far can they go though? Uh, they're probably you probably will see them in Wild Card Weekend. That's it. It's not bad though. I mean, I bet you there's still a good deal to be had if you uh, live in New Jersey or Nevada or Delaware, or actually New York State takes them now, upstate. I wonder if they're, they're still uh, or whatever, or just log onto a website. But I bet you they still got pretty good odds. Hold on one second. I can tell you right now. You know what I'm saying? I am always prepared and on top of this stuff. If you want to get them right now, the Lions to win the division, they're still plus 950. That's crazy. So they're still nine and a half to one. Beller's a Bears guy. I actually got, I got, so I put $20 of my own money, not the fake money that they give you for free on the Bears to win the Super Bowl. And I think it's like 20 to win 600 or something. It was a very good deal. That's not going to happen. Beller, you still believe? (laughs) Their defense is great. Trubisky stinks. And dude, David Montgomery has gone from like the buzziest player in the world. And it's not like he sucks and it's not like, you know, all hope is lost, but you never hear about anyone talking about David Montgomery anymore. They can't. Like he went from everybody loved him. They can't do nothing to open the offense up. Yeah, no, no, that's not happening. Um, I I have zero confidence in the Bears uh, doing really much of anything. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at three. They're sitting at three and two. Uh, They've got the Saints in town this week. I think they lose that game, and the defense is excellent. And I feel bad for the guys on the defensive side of the ball. But the concern all all offseason for me was 
the defense can get better this year because the players are so young and they're so individually talented and there's possibility that they're still growing. And there could still be some regression in terms of points generated by the defense. They had so many turnovers, so many balls they took back to the house, so many short fields that they created for the offense. And that's just hard to sustain from season to season. They were if the only way they were going to take a step forward was if Mitch Trubisky and the offense took a step forward. And I am out on that happening. David Montgomery is a problem. Uh, the run game is a problem. Trubisky is the biggest problem of all. The only guy in this offense who I have any sort of trust level in right now is Allen Robinson. And a receiver can only do so much on his own. So uh, I am uh, not even halfway through the season feeling very negative about where the Bears are headed this year. Uh, on top of everything, as you guys have already mentioned a few times, NFC North is brutal. And I think they're the worst team in the division. And quickly, let me say this right here. And Mike made a lot of very good points. If I was Matt Nagy, I tell, I'm telling Trubisky, listen, Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, nobody else touches the football. The three of y'all touch the football, and that's it. And the Bears will beat the Saints this week. Alvin Kamara banged up, backup quarterback going to the best defense in the league. I think the Bears get the W. All right, well, hopefully this is their march to Super Bowl championship. There you go, uh, we'll Nando. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, we got to wrap this up. Uh, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, man. Make sure you check out the walkthrough. It's on our site. Also, shout out to Corey Benny and the opening line, which is free on YouTube every morning, right? Do you guys do it live? No, we, we don't do it live. It's recorded and it's posted on the Elite Fantasy YouTube page. So definitely go check that out and appreciate you for that one. Well, it's, it's you and Benny, man. Come on. It's the Why best. We have, but also check out the walkthrough. <laughs> No doubt. No, on the walkthrough is dope. We'll be doing that to myself, Medica, and Vicaro. You get the, the three stooges back at it, and we'll help you get ready to set the lineup properly on Sunday. For Corey Parson and Michael Beller, I'm Nana Dafino. This has been Podcast. This has been Podcast by Committee. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you later.